Everything's bigger in Texas, unfortunately, including the Giants' losses. The Cowboys absolutely destroyed the G-Men, 49-17 in Dallas, dropping them to 2-8 on the lost season. Are the Giants broken? Will the coaches be fired after the season? And where do we go from here? Here we go again, guys. It's all coming up on a post-game Blue Rush podcast from the New York Post. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm Giants Super Bowl champ Brandon London, your MC at home games, and I'm joined by my two-time Giants Super Bowl champ teammate, the great Lawrence Tynes. Times the Giants lost 49 to 17 in Dallas. They dropped to two and eight on the season. No need for any more of an intro on that one. Uh, your tweet last night, 12 hours ago on the X app, says uh the Giants, the New York football Giants franchise is broken. And I think that kind of summarizes not only the game, the season, but the state of this franchise. Right now, I see the stash growing in. Please elaborate on that tweet. How are you feeling at that moment? Just upset, man. I'm upset. Almost uh, almost embarrassed a little bit to be a giant. I mean, this is, you know, going on 10 years. We've made the playoffs, I think, twice. Kind of backdoored it. Uh, one good season under McAdoo. I mean, literally since I left, and obviously those great teams left there, they have had a huge problem trying to figure out this franchise, a lot of it's been on the offensive line. A lot of it's been poor coaching. A lot of it's been poor drafts. But, I mean, it's just sickening. You know, I, I'm thinking if if I'm a Giants fan, a paying customer, these people that come and spend all their money to come watch this product, it just hit ahead yesterday. And I get it. You can say this is rebuild year two or whatever, rebuild, just because we made the playoffs last year. I just have a lot of people in mind when I say things like that. It's not just me. I don't I mean, I'll be fine. It's just these fans deserve better. This city deserves better. And I mean, I get it. Were we ever going to go down to Dallas and win with Tommy DeVito? Probably not. But, you know, even his father is up there. If you read his lips, questioning that play call on fourth down. And to me, and I know you didn't ask this, but you've got to kick the field goal there. And I know we can agree to disagree. Seven to three mentally for that defense to get a reward for having intercepted a ball is a completely different mindset. Kicking off, going out there and playing seven, three, we just scored. Oh man, we made a play. Next thing you know, you're down 14 zip. So there's a lot of bad things happening in New York and 
I'm just I'm just frustrated as well as everyone else. Um, it's just not good enough. It's not the standard that we all built and set. And even going back to the LTEs and the OTs and all these great players, Hostetler, Sims. I mean, there's a pride factor in that building, and uh, I just don't see it. And I don't think you should apologize for that. I mean, you're a guy that's done a lot for this franchise. You know the franchise in and out. You've got Eli, Strahan, guys like that in your phone, in your contacts list that you could hit up and reminisce with at any time. Call it at, at any time. And I think, I think times, I don't, I don't think you would have, if I wasn't here with you guys my rookie year and I saw the leadership in that locker room and I saw the good times. I, I saw the I, a team push through adversity. I think I would have thrown in the towel with a lot of people in this fan base and just been like, let me hop on Twitter and just bash the franchise. Let me hop on Twitter and bash Daniel Jones. But I, 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 we've been able to see this franchise get through the moments, the dog days. We had a Tom Coughlin. We fought and we fought together. We baited it together and went on a run when it came to the franchise. You see that year, Amar Bradshaw, uh, Mike Johnson, seventh round picks, step up, make plays, Craig Dahl, Mike Matthews, undrafted free agent, step in, be the next guy up and, and embody that mentality and, and play with a guy like Antonio Pierce, play with the Eli Manning, David Tyree. So, I think yesterday, man, and and we hyped it up. We hyped that game up. We hyped Tommy DeVito up just like we're supposed to because at the end of the day as a player, anything can happen on any given Sunday. If you punch in that fourth and two, whether it be a touchdown or a fourth, or you go with that and you kick that field goal and you go down to reward the defense, anything can kind of happen in that moment. You already picked that Prescott off once and you almost had him again. It's one of those things, man, where it's – I can't even hop on Twitter – and go back and forth with people. I you can't even you can't even fight some of the crazy takes or hot takes that are out there right now because you look stupid trying to defend this team, the state of this team right now. And I'll throw it back to you, but I think there are three types of people that watched that game last night. Cowboys fans, obviously the media, content creators, or the diehard Giants fans that don't have the NFL red red zone package because that was a game where you have red zone on your main TV and you have the Giants game on your laptop or kind of like a, a sub game uh, in that sense. And, and for this franchise, who we know a lot of these fans, we've become cool with a lot of these fans. Heck, I got a job because of this fan base. I think this is worse than the QB sneak from the one. I think this is worse than free medium Pepsi. This is, like you said, this franchise is broken. But I do believe in Brian Dable and Joe Shane to kind of turn this thing around at some point next year. Yeah, and I I do too. I Listen, I don't want to do the coaching carousel again, even though I did tweet, look, it's games like these that get coaches fired in, in lost seasons, and it, it's true. It is. Like, when you play that poorly, like I said, no one ever expected us to win that game, but you have to find a way to be competitive. Brandon, you brought up a absolutely unbelievable point. When we won Super Bowls, and I, I hate doing this because then people's like, oh, you're just talking about your teams. But here's the reality of it. We didn't have all kinds of first round picks, all kinds of second round picks. We had great players, great team unity and great coaching. Chase Blackburn, go down the list. Dominic Hickson. I'm thinking of role players, you know, guys, Kevin Boos, the guys that make this thing go. This team has talent. That's the thing that is so frustrating. I get the quarterbacks hurt. I'm not even going there. But you can still make these games competitive in a sense of I, we lost by 10. We lost by 14. I'm not going to compare what Josh Jobs is doing to what Tommy DeVito could have done. 
Tommy DeVito's been in the NFL for six months. Josh Dobbs has been in the league for a minute, right? Four or five years. And man, that's a cool story to watch. But it is frustrating. And it's and you don't want to lose this locker room, man. I, I mean, listen, I know that stuff yesterday was blown way out of proportion because of their record. I knew exactly what Sterling was doing to, to um Slay. He was hyping him. Hey, man, chill. Let's chill. Hey, chill out, dude. You know, that I could tell they turned it into he would they were fighting or yelling, complete BS, non-story. Um, there's bigger problems with this team other than that. But one thing I want to put everyone on notice about, and, and I went back last night and watched this interview again to prove my point to myself. And I could be way off base here, but here's what I'm thinking. Last night, Dexter Lawrence, Xavier McKinney, and Jihad Ward, two of those guys are captains. You could consider Jihad Ward a captain, leader. All three of those guys did not talk to the media yesterday. And here's where I'm going with this. If you go back Thursday and watch Wink Martindale's interview, when he's talking about Xavier McKinney, I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Xavier McKinney was basically called a liar by his defensive coordinator. Go back and watch it, right? He put him on blast. Coaches never do that. They never do that. Wink Martindale, I get it. Xavier shouldn't have said what he said, but he said it. But Wink Martindale basically went up there and said, you know, it hurt my feelings. This has never happened in my life before, at my whole career, and made himself the victim. Then he started talking about Xavier McKinney. You tell me if I'm wrong, Brandon. I think the defense hated that. I think they all looked at that and said, why did you just sell our guy out? Most coaches will say what? Me and Xavier talked. We'll leave it at that, right? He went into great detail in that interview, and we kind of all watched it last week and glossed it over. He went into great detail about how him and Xavier talked. Xavier couldn't really, and I'm paraphrasing here, prove the point of what he was trying to say. He called Xavier McKinney a liar in front of the media. The defense played like it. You saw Wink and uh, Dable talking quite a bit on that sideline yesterday. Something there, guys. Something there with Wink Martindale. 640 yards. I think the defense said, this guy's a sellout. He said he's got this safe room and everything else he said he, they have, and that may be true. And Wink Martindale's a great guy and a good coach. But you do not go on live air and call out one of your defensive captains. Yes, you can say we talked, but he went into great detail about how basically Xavier McKinney's a liar and he shouldn't have said that. And You'll have to talk to Daves if he's starting. In hindsight, I think the defense is tuning this guy out. Why did all three of those guys choose not to speak yesterday? That's not normal behavior for Dexter or Jihad or, you know, Xavier. And at this point, I can't call you some sort of conspiracy theorist or say that you're trying to. I got to find something. Make, make, like, make, pick, make, yeah, yeah, because if you think about it, in that, in that building, Quest Diagnostics Training Center, when you're in that building, you talk to the players, what they always say, family business is family business. I was doing the uh the the media day shoot with some of the players. I'm interviewing Daniel Jones. This is around that time the whole Saquon thing was going. This is in the this is in the spring around uh May when we do the specialty shoot. And you know, he he mentioned Saquon, but then he stopped and was like, I can, I don't want to talk about that. Family business is family business. You always hear that. So the player, Xavier McKinney, was wrong for not keeping family business, family business, but now the coach as well is wrong for not keeping family. And look at the effort they played with yesterday. I'm not, I'm just putting two and two together. Look at how they played yesterday. You can play for somebody and you can see that and feel that. I didn't get that yesterday at all. And I know they missed Leonard Williams and and Kayvon went out late, but 
I think there's something there. I, I, I really do. The more I thought about it, because everyone's trying to think of something like what's going on in this building. The more I think about that interview, it was flat ass wrong. Wink Martindale should have never have talked about Xavier McKinney in that way in front of the media. And it goes to show it sucks to suck in this league, especially it sucks to suck in New York because you could go out and Cordell Fly had the interception. Things could have changed, you know, there. The defense could have sparked that. That could have been the momentum defense needed to hang in there with the Cowboys. It was going to be hard to hang with that Cowboys offense where you had to play a perfect set of defense just to, because you understand you're going through what the Jets are going through right now. You're going to have to hold, try and hold this team to seven, what, six, seven, nine points to, to win a game. So we say that once one thing happens, one bad thing happens. One thing leaks out of the locker room. Things start to spiral. And people are jumping on Art Stapleton because they're saying Dexter Lawrence is a key saying Dexter Lawrence, a captain. He should have spoke. I feel as though I don't feel I'm not mad at Dexter Lawrence for not stepping up and speaking there because it's like, how how many different ways am I going to tell you guys? I don't understand what the problem is. If I say something, that soundbite is going to get taken out of context, is going to get clipped out there and everyone's going to jump jump on me still probably should have stepped up there and said anything because you are wearing the C you are, you are the money guy. You're a top three paid defensive tackle in this league. But right now it's like how as a player, how many, how many different ways can I tell you guys that we suck? I don't know how we, how we fix this thing. I don't know how it gets on the right track. We probably, we're not going to the playoffs. It's just a real frustrating time, not only for the players, but for the fan, like you said, for the fan base as well. And going forward, that is something that we're going to have to now keep our eye on. Who are the players going to play for? Because now this is a set of adversity times that this is that 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 this group is is having to to fight with seven games left. That's a lot of football. It's a lot of season. Yeah, That's it's not a short. lot of season left. And one thing when the whole there was one image that was going to always stick with me and I'm going to keep an eye on for the rest of his career was when Shep and uh, Slayton were kind of walking. Shep was behind Slayton saying something to him. Who was right there next to uh, right next to Shep? Jalen Hyatt. And he was just kind of he was just kind of walking and watching. I'm thinking that young man right there is is like, I'm never going to let this allow this to happen on my watch. When I become a guy here, when this is my team, you know, we don't know how much longer Shep has in, in blue. Darius Slayton, I think he'll kind of be around. I think he's a core guy on this team. But when you're looking at the younger guys, the Wandells, the Jordan Rileys, the Tay Banks, this is where I want the camera to go now going forward. I want to see how they're handling the, the losing. I want to see how they're handling the adversity because going forward, these are the guys that's going to have to write this ship. And right now, man, like I, I don't, I got nothing, man. Like I have absolutely nothing. We can have Eli, Michael Strahan. I, th I think if we could have some of the top Giants legends of all time, and you ask them, can you pinpoint what exactly is going on? I don't think anybody could because no one saw this coming, times. It's, and it's hard for me to to speak on, but I understand locker rooms and pro football. I was never on bad teams. I, I mean, I just wasn't. It wasn't. And these have been historically bad. They continue to be bad. Do you know since the Giants were 7-2 and two last year, they got to 7-2 mark. They've played 20 games. They're 5-14-1. 5-14-1 since that 7-2 and two start, giving up almost 27 points a game in those 20 games. You can't – alternatively, they're scoring about 16. 
There's a 10 or 11 point differential in the last 20 games, which in the NFL is blowout central. That's a blowout every time. And if you go back to seven and two, I'll say it again. In their last 20 games, they're five, 14 and one. This has started to snowball. Yes, they got in the playoffs. Yes, they were relatively healthy last year. They have a lot of soul searching to do in that building. And then you start to think of the games coming up in that building. It's going to be full of the opposing fan, full of, I mean, you know, Eagles fans, whoever it may be, Patriots fans, whoever. And and that's the thing John Mara hates the most, right, is when he comes to his home stadium and it's 70% the opponent. And I listen, I I am not, I am a huge Brian Dable fan. I am a huge Joe Shaden fan. We are not going to move on from the coach, 99.9% sure we're not, or GM. But the thing you have to guard against is all this fracturing as the season. Man, when you say seven games, Brandon, think about that. Like, that's like half a season. And that is a very long time. And a lot of bad shit can happen between now and then. You can't really ship any players off. You can cut guys. And we'll see. And Jihad Ward made some interesting comments. I don't know if you read them where he said, I'm not going to talk right now, but I'm going to talk to y'all and let y'all know. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. He said that to someone with the post. You'll have to go back and see it. And he's an interesting guy, right? Because he's he's Wink's dude. Like, he's Wink's guy. He's on this team because of Wink. I wonder what he meant by that. And I hope to God he holds true to what he was going to say. Like, sometimes players can speak their mind, and Jaha Ward is one of those guys. I would love to know what he's going to say. So you want him to go public? Yes, you're okay yeah, yeah, yeah. with calling someone out. What if he calls out another captain? What if he calls out a leader? With with what's kind of going on? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just actually, that's just me selfishly because I want to hear the dirt. There's something going on there, and it's hard to put your finger on, but it's certainly on the defensive side of the ball. I wish the offense would have came out and played better, but they are what we thought they were, 17 points, you know, garbage touchdown late. I should never disrespect Tommy DeVito like that. Any touchdowns, a touchdown in the NFL, but – I think he can be better. I think you can get better. Andrew Thomas getting hurt early sucked. They weren't able – they were in some really bad spots to start the game, and credit Dallas for that. But I think a lot of the problems are on that side, on the defensive side of the ball. And when you say that, man, just think. They had those get-right Fridays. They have accountability talks. Like Wink said that before he made comments he made against Xavier McKinney. Everyone, media, everyone knows that if there's something someone has to get off their chest player-wise – they do it with the coaches. They do it with the, with the captains there. So this is something, if a player is going to come out and he's going to break family business is family business, if you're going to come out and say something publicly, call someone out, call out a unit or a position group, this is something that's been going on for a little bit. You've been hearing these gripes over and over and over in the captain's meetings or in the accountability rooms, and now it's hit a point, now as player who – People look at you as a leader. Yeah, you know, you got the unofficial C. You're now you're so frustrated. You're about to come out and say something. I think with these seven games, it can get even uglier. We say the 99.9% that that Brian Dable's going to be here. He has to work his ass off to keep this locker room as much intact as possible because it may not even be something that he says or he does. It can be something that a player says, a player does. And then everything, the snowball effect. The last thing you want to see is dudes come to blows. The last thing is you want to see a big, a big altercation on the sideline where guys kind of are up in each other's face. That means you don't have. And then 
the camera's going to be on you at all times. I don't know if you, if you're Brian Dable, do you tell the team that, hey guys, we're on the sideline. Camera's going to be looking for things. You guys have to check your frustrations. Do do you say all this, or is it just like you know what? Forget all these talks. Go out there and win a freaking football game. How do you coach the rest of these seven games? Man, I hope they. I hope that's not the messaging. Uh, just to, you know, basically, I think everyone realizes a lot of guys are playing for their jobs. And, and, and you, you know, if social media thinks a quarterback is this franchise's problem, it's really not. You think a young quarterback? Ask the Jets how they felt three years ago when they drafted Zach Wilson. He hasn't done much. And listen, I'm not saying you won't find a a great quarterback in this draft early, but the bottom line is they don't just come in and save franchises. This franchise has so much more many more problems than quarterback quarterback to me. If you think about what kind of guy he is, he does play pretty well when he's healthy. It's the least of their worries. They have so many other issues within this franchise and building that they need to fix. Can a quarterback help your franchise? Yes. I I, I truly believe that, but it's not as easy as just saying, yep, we've got the top two pick. We're taking this guy. He's the savior. That's not how this works. They need to be really cautious and you're going to see Brian Dable earn that coach of the year moniker the next seven. Like you said, Brandon, that is one, that's going to be one of the toughest things he's ever done. Maybe he'll look back on his career in 20 years. If he wins a Super Bowl and say that second half of that 2023 season with the giants was some of my best work, because I think you'll start to see young guys play maybe some young skill guys. This sounds terrible because I love the kid. What is Sterling Shepard doing on this football team right now? Give that man a chance. I thought he was to going to get traded. I thought he was going to get traded for sure. I, I love Sterling Shepard as much as any teammate I ever played with, and I've never played with Sterling Shepard. Why don't you cut him and let him go somewhere? Someone will pick him up because I think he still has something to give a team. Not this team, but he still has something to give a team. I would release him. I would start to kind of release some of these guys that I think can go play somewhere else, Sterling Shepard being number one, and get some of these young practice squad guys on your roster. You have no idea where that next Victor Cruz is sitting. And I'm not saying it's just on the offensive side, defensive side, let's get beavers in there. And some of these, these young guys that we haven't seen, give them some time, evaluate. There's probably some good players on that practice squad. I guarantee it. So that's what Brian Dable is going to be dealing with the next seven games. You can lose without tanking. You can lose while evaluating, but the thing is you cannot get embarrassed. You can lose you can lose with pride. We all expect you to lose a lot of these games coming up, but you cannot keep repeating what happened yesterday. And I don't care if it's the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Eagles. This is the NFL. You've got to keep it closer than that. Yeah, that's the other half of coaching. You know, as a coach's son, there's an X's and O's part of it, but how can you galvanize the locker room? How can you motivate and how can you keep guys together? How can you keep a team together and get an inspire a guy despite the fact of – Right now, the Giants are 2-8. and eight. They got the Commanders in Washington. Looks like it could be a winnable game. You beat them the first time, but you made a lot of mistakes at the end of that game that could have got you beat. Right now, this franchise, like you say, is broken uh, times. And the only way to go is up. But the fans, you got to understand, you're gonna be, we're going to be taking lumps. And we say we, I know we're partly we're media and we're not supposed to say we and be, but a lot of guys like us, we put a lot into this franchise, whether it be you kicking them two Super Bowls, winning two Super Bowls, or just being in the fans house for fan caves and hanging out with these people. Like these people are my friends. Now these people have, they came to my baby shower. You know, a lot of these Giants fans have went into my baby shower. My, my kid wouldn't have a crib if it wasn't for some of these, you know, people that I tailgate with. They care. That's, that's the thing. They care. 
And, and some will say too much. I I can agree sometimes, yes. But you, the passion that is there and the things that that city has done for me because they care so much, it's why winning in New York, there's nothing like it in sports, period, in the world. I'll be remembered forever. I'll be dead 50 years and they'll talk about my field goals in New York. Why? Because it's a greatest sports city in the world. You have to be able to deal with that on both sides. But this fan base has suffered way too long. Where's the pride? Like restore the pride of the franchise back. You know, we're beating a dead horse. It, it's it's lean times, man. Lean. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, we got through this one. <laughs> yes. We, we got this. Only seven more to go, man. Only Oof. seven more to go. All right. Uh, you heard our thoughts on the game. There's not much we can really say going on. Uh, let's hear from the Scotsman to close this thing out. We all can do better. Start with me. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And that says cheerio to a very somber episode of Blue Rush 165. It is our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz, and intern Mason Verdecchio for producing the show. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Watch full episodes by subscribing to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Just follow the Blue Rush playlist. Give us a wee thumbs up and comment below. Well, Wink get fired after that shite performance on Sunday down in Dallas. For Brandon London, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return for our Blue Rush preview podcast on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup with those bloody commanders. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, folks. Cheerio! Cheerio!